On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Blacked out. This is Tall Can Audio. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. Nice to be back in the car, man. Woo! Hello and welcome to Tall Can Audio. I am Michaela. He is Matt. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Tall Can Audio. Before we get to the most important part of the day, let's talk about the fact that the Sens are still in the playoff running. Oh my god. <laughs> is this a thing? No. Oh, no, okay. it's not. Um, but it came up this speaking. morning. It came up this morning on the air, and I, I legitimately thought they were mathematically out of the playoffs mm-hmm. at this point. And uh, JR of TSN brought it into my attention that technically they are not. Now, everything would have to go right for the Sens and everything would have to go wrong for Montreal and Calgary and Vancouver. (laughs) So it's not going to happen, but you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the problem. And, and the Sens record since like, you know, when we can get into this maybe later if you want or or whatever, but since like the first 10 or 11 games, pretty respectable. Like the record's been, been fine since then. Uh, But when you lose like nine of 11 or whatever the hell it was to start the season, kind of behind the eight ball. So yeah, uh, I also assumed they'd already been eliminated, but no, apparently not. Now something else mathematically still possible or actually locked down as of Wednesday night, your Toronto Maple Leafs returning to the playoffs once again. Yes. Sorry, what? We're going to celebrate that. I agree. That's what's <laughs> happening. Yes. All right. Before we get uh, your thoughts on the blue team yes. making the playoffs, <laughs> what are you drinking today? Uh, this is the last of uh, of what you and Josh left me. And I think I've had this before. Uh, the last time you guys brought me some stuff and I quite enjoyed it. This is an Irish stout from the Crooked Mile Brewing Company called the Black Dog. And I don't know why I was talking to somebody on the phone about a half hour before we did the show. And uh, they asked me what I was going to be having on the episode because they know there's always a pint. And I couldn't help. I, I don't know why it is, but I found myself calling it the Black Dog. And I, I Black over, Dog. Black Dog. I, I don't know why. It's kind of silly, but uh, that's what we're doing today. It's the Black Dog Irish Stout, 4.6% uh, from the Crooked Mile Brewing Company. Like I said, I think we've had it before, but I've had a lot of stouts over the last six or eight months and I have a hard time keeping them all straight. So I'll be surprised again. What are you going with? Uh, I'm going the exact opposite of what you're doing. I'm going with a Valley Light Pale Ale from Calabogie Brewery. always great Brewery. life advice, by the way, to do the exact opposite <laughs> of whatever Matt's doing. Do the opposite of that. We're yin and yang. Someone can find <laughs> the middle that probably works for them. Um, so this is a, a, a 
beer from Calabogie. I went up to my, my husband and I took a drive up to Calabogie Brewery in Calabogie, mm. not their Canada location, their Calabogie location, uh, just to pick up some beer. Their tap room's open. So we went in, grabbed some beer, left, literally drove there for just that because right. we have nothing else to do. <laughs> Um, and they have this new beer, uh, I, I saw it on their website called Valley light pale ale and it's in a small can. So we're going small can audio today. Um, <laughs> right. and it's, it's one of like, I, I find a lot of breweries are coming up with this right now. It's one of those like low alcohol, low calorie, low carb mm-hmm. beers, but it actually tastes delicious. Like it tastes like a pale ale. It's got that hoppy kind of bitterness to it, but it's light. Right. Um, and refreshing and you know, you can, have a couple and not feel bad on a Thursday night like I am. Um, and, and it's it's the step up from the non-alcoholic beer. It's still a 4.2, so it's not nothing. Like yeah, I've no. seen some lighter beers that are like 3.5 or something. Like this is an, you know close to average um, alcohol amount. But it just tastes super good. Long-time listeners will groan when they hear me bring this up. I, I know you're only sort of part-time into the stouts, not always your deal. Have you had the Calabogie Brown Cow Milk Stout? Yes, I have. I think on your recommendation. Okay. Delicious. Yeah. A, a top five, you know, beer in, in Matt's world. Um, okay. Heaven forbid anybody ever asked me to sit down and make that top five list, but I, I'm pretty sure that one would fall right in there. I, I love that beer. And uh, and it's funny. We I do have listeners now. Um, it's the, some of this Calabogie stuff is available in the GTA and whatever. We have listeners who will, if they grab this brown cow, I just get random tweets with that, a picture of the, the brown cow milk stout in it. Cause they know I'm all about that stuff. So, um, I assume you probably didn't pick any up, but I did wonder if you'd ever tried it before. I think I still have a brown cow milk stout sitting in my it's beer delightful. fridge. I think, I think it's kind of one of the stragglers because I, I know I picked up a few, um, on your recommendation not that long ago. And I did try it mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not gonna lie. It wasn't my favorite stout, but okay. it was, yep. it was decent. Yep. We should do, I, I challenge us to do a top five beer list oh, one day though. Not today. Cause you need some time. Choice. Yeah. <laughs> the- I'm also one of those people who like, if you ask me today and then you ask me a week from now, yes, that list is going to be very different. Are you a hip fan? Uh, moderately. Yes. Okay. So five, <laughs> four or five years ago, um, Rob and I are both huge Tragically Hip fans and it wasn't even for the show. I don't even remember. Maybe we hadn't started the pod yet and we decided we would rank our, like we would trim it down to our top five all time favorite Tragically Hip songs. And before either of us even got started, it was like, maybe we should do top seven. Like this is going to be really hard. <laughs> you need those two bonus spots. Top 10 was going to be, and I like pretty easily got it down to top 20 and then top 12. But now they're like these, oh, like close to your heart. Love this song, favorite band. And it was painful to get it down to um, what we did land on, which was the the top seven. But uh, it was hard. Like it was hard. I For a couple of days, I'm looking at this list going, I don't know which of these last, I think I was down to 12. I'd gotten it to, and I, I just, it was five that were going to have to go. It was, it was painful. So I don't know what it'll be like with the beers, but you're right down the road. We should do that. We should absolutely do that. It'll be top five with like 20 honorable mentions. Matt's not allowed to use all stouts. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not allowed to use all IPAs. That's right. We, we have to, we have to put in some ground rules. Um, and it's funny. And like, we should do this one day. I think yeah, that would be really fun, sure. but well, I've had this conversation many a time with various people about, mm-hmm. you know, my top, I usually go top five beers cause I cannot choose one. That's right. crazy talk. Yes. And, and then there's like 
there's top five beers, but then there's top five breweries. Yep. And that's a whole other discussion. Sure. But for me, the, the, the beers, it comes down to not just like, you know, you like them because they taste good or whatever. It's like some of my top five beers are going to be, I had this beer in this specific place on this, you know, on yes, this vacation okay. or yep. it's kind of like the, the situation place around thing. it. Right. Yep. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's such a hard discussion, but let's save that for future Matt and future Michaela. That's okay. their problem. Yeah, Kick it down the road. Um, yeah. No, it's true. Before we get into some of the, the sports stuff we got going, I wanted to ask you something and Ooh. um, I don't know. It, it's just been in kind of the last month or two mainly that I've been seeing this and it maybe happened to me in the last kind of week, week and a half. But let me just ask you in a general sense, how do you think you're doing? Because I'm seeing a <laughs> lot of people that seemed like, yeah, for like a year now, uh, I'm annoyed. I'm frustrated at the beginning. People were scared. Like there's all kinds of stuff going on. But you're making your way through and everybody was just like, well, it's Groundhog Day or ah, it's like everybody else or whatever, right? You kind of being good natured about it. But in the last month or two, I'm seeing more and more people that seem to be reaching this and, and breaking point is overstating it probably. But I'm sure you know what I mean, where it's like, I just can't do this anymore. I cannot take this anymore. I think part of it here in Ontario is the leadership we're getting and the mm. confusion that goes with that. Um but people have kids that are in and out of school and they don't know what they can they or can they not go to the playground now like there just seems to be this thing and I don't want to tie it necessarily just to to the government and and the leadership and all that but just like running out of gas right like I've done my best for as long as I can and I just sort of I'm done. I'm done. I need this to to end and I, I don't know that I'm quite there but in the last week or so for some reason, it seems like everything I've seen on the pandemic front, even when it's good news, has got this like drape over it of like, well, finally, or like some sort of negativity to it. And I just feel like I'm coming very close to, you know, enough. Yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. I, I've, I mean, that's definitely been palpable for the last little while. And it, I feel like it's kind of been we've done this in waves throughout the pandemic. Like it was a couple months in we're like, okay, whoa, this is getting a little much. Yeah. And like, we're, we're all struggling mentally. And then like, I feel like many of us hit a breaking point then. And then in the fall, when we went back into lockdown, we hit a breaking point again. And then I remember before Christmas, I, I when they announced the Ontario stay at home order, like the week before Christmas, I, I think that was like one of my lowest points. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just feels like we've done this in waves and I feel like we are in one of those waves because we're in the middle of this stay at home order yet again. This is the worst like case wise it's been in Ontario since the start of the pandemic. And I know for my, like I've, I've noticed this on social media and noticed this even like, I don't know if you listen to 31 thoughts, the podcast, but like Jeff Merrick and, and uh, Elliot Friedman were talking this week. They were basically talking about how exhausted they both are. Right. And, and Elliot was talking about how he took a, a couple days off and like, I, I definitely feel like a lot of people are are hitting that phase right now, and I and a lot of it has to do with the fact that Ontario is is in a terrible state right now. And I I know for myself, like you know, I work at the hospital. I'm I am incredibly privileged in that I work from home for the most part. I do mm-hmm. have to go in every now and then. I'm not a nurse or a doctor. I am not on the front lines. I am safe at home, and I am very lucky right. in that sense. But all I do all day, all I talk about, all I hear about 
is yeah. COVID cases, ICU numbers, people dying. Like yeah. it's, I, I was, I was having this conversation with someone today. I had a little bit of a moment where I was just like, I am so sick of, of hearing about this. And I realize how privileged that is that I am just hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's exhausting and it's draining and the media, you know, my, my job is media relations. So the media have not let up really since the start of the pandemic, my right. job has never been busier than it is. Um, and it's, it, it, it definitely, uh, yeah, I, I'd say I'm definitely at a point of like, I'm done. <laughs> I, think, I do. I think part of it for me, and it, it's, you know, this all sort of blends together. You kind of reference this, these waves that we've been in both of, you know, with the virus and then with our own kind of in and out of lockdowns and this and that. I think part of it for me was, and I guess it's a warped memory, but I kind of looked at April, May as the, the point where the weather was going to help us again. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause last summer, like in Ontario, like we were, we were down low and we had days during the summer of under a hundred cases, right? Like it, it wasn't like it was manageable. And part of it was they thought, you know, it being weather, you know, we thought kind of maybe in the same vein as a flu. I know, I know it's not the flu, but like it, it's the weather can help you a little bit maybe. And be, be seasonal. More, Right. And, and people are more outside. And so that helps you and, and these sorts of things, but that really didn't happen as I kind of was thinking about it until like July, um, in March and April and into May, we were still kind of ramping up and and it was out of control still. But in my head, I sort of had this, just get through the really hard part of winter and then the vaccines will be here and the nicer weather will be here and this will all be ramping down. And it's just not right. And so I think part of it was my own shitty expectations of how this was going to go. And then you sort of, it's my own fault, right? Like there's a lot of things that's a lot of people's fault, but that part of it, of getting my own hopes up that like once the spring arrives, you know, we'll be seeing the end of this and man, we don't look anywhere close to the end of this right now. That's the thing. It's like, we've been told, hold on for a few more months, yeah. just a few more months. And then like, I, and I get it. I'm not criticizing anybody, no. you know, for that. We, we have to adjust as we learn more, but Jesus, it's like, we're all, uh, we're, we're all struggling like to varying degrees sure, again. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I want to recognize that, but you know, uh, we're watching America basically open up again yeah. <laughs> and, and here we are in Canada, like, oh, can well, I and that get part's frustrating please? because it almost seems to, and it doesn't because they've got hundreds of thousands of deaths that we don't and, and these sorts of things, but it almost appears to justify the cavalier nature that much of America took towards us because they're getting their vaccines now and they're opening back up and they have crowds at certain sporting events, which is obviously stuff that you and I focus on and. Like Mm -hmm. it almost appears to justify their approach. Now that has to, in order to get there, you have to ignore how horrible it got and how many lives were lost, but where we stand now and looking at what's happening in the U S versus what's happening here. Yeah, it is. It's hard, right? It's frustrating to know, you know, we tried for so long to do all the right things and here we are in this mess and down there, I don't want to say nobody tried. Obviously plenty of people did, but not, um, you know, it was a mess and they, they're coming out of it ahead of us. And that is kind of daunting to, to look at and go it, in a very almost childish way. You get like, it's not fair, right? Like, yeah. And I've seen a lot of people, um, who are uh, on social media who are like anti-lockdown or whatever. Yeah. And they'll say that Canada's because Canada took a, a, such a strict approach 
that's why they're in the situation oh they're God. in and oh america didn't <laughs> so so they're better and i'm like come on man yeah. like that's this has nothing to do with our lockdowns this has everything to do with the vaccine rollout yeah um and the fact that we just can't get ahead of these variants and and like that's the other thing is these variant this is a different virus yes like is. like they spread much easier um the the s- symptoms are much more severe mm-hmm. like we can't pretend like this is strictly because of vaccines i think that's a huge factor sure. and we need to get those rolled out faster but i also think that you know, we're, we're dealing with a little bit of a different virus. And so that's, that's what's put us in this situation. But yeah, that's, that narrative really ticks me off. It's like, come like it, no, it is a lot of Americans who will say that, Yeah. you know, when did they pay attention to Canada's COVID response at <laughs> we do all? deserve until now? a little bit of smugness coming back at us, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah, no, we were very smug at them. <laughs> And and for for several reasons, like not just COVID. No, like, no. There was a point sure, last a year where I thought like America was going to implode. Right. Um. But yeah, this is the other thing. They they completely ignore the fact that they had a a uh, presidential change. Right. In the middle of all this, like, gee, I wonder if that had anything to do right. with it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's. Well, let me ask you one last thing on this because you know one of the topics we have has its own COVID tie, and I don't want to beat it to death here. But one last thing I wanted to ask you about this because I have had this conversation with somebody earlier in the week, and obviously neither of us need to use any names or anything like that. But do you feel like coming out of this, is there anybody in your life where it's altered your relationship with them or the way you kind of look at them? Like, Oh man. Right. Like I didn't know. I feel like this, this last 14, 15 months, whatever it's been has really revealed a lot in a lot of people, right? In terms of how willing you are to go along for the greater good, how willing you are to think of other people before yourself, you know, uh, what kind of response you give when when things are tough. You know, I I feel like a lot of people have kind of shown their cards and I want to be careful because Everybody has been under a ton of stress, right? Everyone is under a ton of pressure. So you kind of want as much as possible to give people the benefit of the doubt. But I think moving forward, and like I said, I had this conversation with like, there's going to be some things that are hard to forget, right? In terms of (laughs) how so-and-so handled this or did that. And I just wonder, like, is that crept into your world at all or am i just overly judgmental i am let me answer that for you i am overly judgmental (laughs) but just you know like is there something that stands out to you with a friend or a family member or just somebody you know from work or whatever where you're like oh man i didn't think you were gonna be on that side of this or i'm you know that might be hard for you to forget and just get over and move on that's a good question. Honestly, and I feel pretty lucky because of this. Not really. No one close to me. Okay. Like most of my, my friends. friends and, well. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, my friends are smart. Um, <laughs> no, like they, a lot of my friends and family, like they're all in the same kind of stage where they're sick of this, but they're not yeah. breaking the rules as a result. And, and I've had a few friends, and I think we've all had these situations where, may, you know, especially in the summer when things were a little, um, eased up. Yep. Maybe you did something that you shouldn't know. Sure. Maybe you, you went to, you know, an outdoor gathering and there were a few too many people there. Yep. And, and you, you know, we've all made mistakes like that through the pandemic. Aside from that, like aside from a few people who I am friends with on Facebook, uh, who yeah. maybe I went to high school with, <laughs> yeah. haven't talked to in a while. 
I mean, wasn't surprised at all okay. in, in that case, but no, I, my, my friends and family have been pretty good again. They're, they're tired, but they're all adhering to the rules and, and waiting, you know, getting vaccinated as soon as they can. And, um, yeah, I've, I've been very, very lucky. How about you? Yeah, I don't, there's a couple, as you've suggested that didn't surprise me, like that showed up mm-hmm. exactly where I expected they would on something like this. And so you just kind of shrug your shoulders and go, yeah, well, I guess that's how that's going to be. Yeah. I, if nobody, nobody terrible, right? Like nobody that's, that I expected would be on the side of science that showed up like complete anti-vaxxer or anything like that. Um, and maybe the difference is, you know, is because I live alone early on and I, I had somebody else make this comparison for me. Um, and I don't like bringing it up all the time. I, I probably do bring it up too often, to be honest with you. But when I had my, um, when I got sick with, with kidney disease and they put you on dialysis and stuff, there's a bunch of stuff you have to go through to get on the, um, the registry for a, a donation. And one of them is like a counseling session so they can make sure you're not like crazy as shit and you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're worth being on this list sort of thing. Right. And you're not going to abuse Do we want to keep you? Right. Exactly. Maybe we'll just <laughs> let horrible. you check out. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just let this one go. Um, yeah. But one of the things, and, and I fought that hard. Like I was like, I don't need to be doing this, but there was, a, there's just stuff you don't understand when you first get sick. And one of the things they said to me that, that did stick with me and it was totally fair was when you come home from the hospital, cause I was just diagnosed you're going to be a big deal to everybody. This is huge news. Everyone's going to be stopping by and, oh my God, if you need anything at all, if you, whatever, right? And then they're going to return to their normal life while you continue to deal with this. And he goes, that's not them. And obvi- this is obvious, but you kind of need reminding in the moment. That's not them forgetting about you. That's not, yeah. it's just, this is going to stay a big deal for you long after the shock has worn off for everyone else and just Mm -hmm. sort of to keep that in mind. And so when this all first started, we're doing, you know, everybody's doing these video happy hours and, you know, everything that's going on at the beginning. And as this has gone on, I wouldn't say life has gone back to normal, but people have tried to kind of return as much as possible to their own routine. And so maybe because I live alone, you're kind of like, Hey, could still use a, a video happy hour now and then or whatever yeah, it might. that's true. Right, little things like that where there's just a couple of people who early on were pounding hard that were like, you know, we're going to, you know, get through this together and all these things. And you're just like, you don't hear from them at all anymore. And I don't know that I'm like going to hold it against them or anything like that. But, but when you are spending night after night by yourself, you do kind of think of that, right? You're like, yeah. I wonder what happened there. And I, you know, like. And That's that, a really good point. And I, I like the, um, the comparison that yeah. you just made in that, like, it's probably very likely not that they forgot about right. you or, or and I mean, like the collective you as well. Like if you have friends who maybe haven't been in touch, sure. like it, it's just that they're all go- kind of going through it in their same yep. way, but you're right. We've all changed in the, in the early days, it was almost novel. Yes. Or it was novel. Like Everybody's the at novel home. coronavirus. Hey. Um, I hate myself. Um, <laughs> but it was this kind of like, it, I don't want to say it was fun. It was a very serious situation, but we're like, yeah, we'll do it was virtual new. It was different. It was new. It was, yes. And we were lucky enough to, to be able to do that and be yep. at home. And, and I like, I know aside from my best friends, I have not had virtual drinks. I was having virtual drinks with a ton of people. Right. 
I don't do that with everybody. You, you also very quickly learned <laughs> there are certain people who having virtual drinks with is fine. Yes. And there are certain people who like your relationship was based on going to a pub and having drinks. And that was it. <laughs> yes. like, I, can ta- I can handle you while I'm drunk. That's about it. <laughs> exactly. And it's awkward when, when you're on video and yeah. all of a sudden it's yeah. this new thing. But I, to your point and, and I read something very similar to what you're experiencing and what I'm sure a lot of people are experiencing. Um, I I saw this like social media post that someone shared and it said like, when this is all over, remember the people who reached out to you and remember the people who didn't. And then I saw a counter to that that said, how about we all acknowledge the fact that everyone's kind of struggling right now. It's been hard for everybody. It's been hard and and maybe people aren't reaching out because they're struggling and and it takes mental and and I'm not just I'm not excusing people who who are ignoring you know, uh, people they that. should and, be. And it's but, not, like even ignoring would be overstating it from my. Yeah, it's you, just not as normal now. Right. The, like that's the virtual all. drinks. And is, so you is are not, sort of, and it's not even like, I know that's the example I use. I don't expect to keep having, quite frankly, you know, video drinks make me not uncomfortable, but just like, all right, like we. It's a lot of energy. Yeah. Why don't we just call each other and chat for 15 minutes and be done with it? Like, why do we have to set up this video thing? Exactly. So, you know, I. I want to be careful how I'm coming off here because everybody's dealing with this in their own way, right? Mm. But I think there was a lot of things said early on that, you know, kind of fall through and and in some people you can tell it's just because it's heavy on them and life is sort of returned to normal for them or whatever it might be. But you do sort of remember those who who did stick with it or reach out every, even if it's just every couple of weeks, everything good, you need anything or, you know, yeah. whatever it might be. Um I don't know. I, I was hesitant to bring it up because I don't really like how it makes me come off. But I just, I think there's some people out there I've been seeing on my own social media feeds that are maybe feeling a little bit the same way in the sense that like, I just wonder if this is going to affect some relationships moving forward, whether it be because oh, of yeah. how people handled the virus or handled their relationships or whatever it might be, right? I think this has put a lot of people under a lot of stress, under a lot of pressure, but I think it's also pulled the curtain back on some things that maybe, uh, were already stretched thin or whatever it might be. Right. I think it's, it's forced a lot of people to put their cards on the table. Absolutely. It, it shone a light on a lot of things that we have wrong. Yep. Right. Our long-term care system, for example. Um, but there was a comedian and for the love of God, I can't remember his name, but I think he's Battlestar or something on Twitter. He keeps sharing these hilarious videos of like Canada during the pandemic. And (laughs) one in one of them, he said something to the effect of, um, this pandemic has been like a black light in a hotel room for stupid yes, people. That's a gr- <laughs> okay. <laughs> like that's it a is a great way to put it. And I would add in not uh, just stupid people, but like terrible human beings. Right. Well. Like, like anybody who's nef- you know has nefarious intentions, anybody who maybe is the smartest, um, <laughs> it has shone a bit of a light. And I'm not saying that there is no room for nuance because I think that is also something that has really driven me nuts during this pandemic is you're either yeah, it's, it's far it's too black, black or white. white. Yes. Yeah. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. Like if, if you have questions about the vaccine, you're an anti-vaxxer. Like, right. no, no, I just have a friggin' question about a vaccine. And I'm not saying I do. I'm, I'm, I'm like yeah, being yeah. hypothetical here, but like I, I was, I was talking to somebody about this today 
like stuff can be two things. That's mm-hmm. always the situation, not always situation. There are situations where stuff can't be two things, but <laughs> <laughs> like it, in a lot of this pandemic stuff, we're, we're losing that nuance. Yes. And I think that while I, I, you know, I do think it's been like a black light in a hotel room for super people. <laughs> I also think it's made us, our, our fuse is very short yep. for that. And, you know, the one thing that really drives me nuts is, is, you know, the vaccine is one example. Like if someone has questions about the vaccine, but is willing to do the research and listen to the research and, and, you know, talk to their doctor and, and ultimately do what's right for them and the community, which is to get vaccinated if it's safe for them to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, It's okay to have questions. It's also okay. Like, you know, I see a lot of people criticizing anybody who says, you know, we, we need to work on getting our physical health improve because one of the biggest co- um, indicators of, of someone ending up in the ICU is is obesity and poor metabolic health. Right. And people who say, well, we need to get, you know, focus on our physical health. It, people paint them as some kind of uh, holistic, hippy-dippy, <laughs> not listening to science. Like, no, you can believe in vaccines and still think sure. that our physical and mental health matters. Yep. Right. Just like you can think lockdowns are necessary, but also worry about the toll they're going to take on our economy, on our, our, our physical and and mental well-being. Like I think about that a lot, right? Like I absolutely think schools, uh, and I know it's controversial. I think schools should have been shut down, but I hate what it's doing to my niece and and some of the other little Mm -hmm. people in my life, right? Like they need this, those interactions, right? I do wonder long-term what it's doing to them and both in school and, and just in socializing and, and these sorts of things, it's hard, right? As you said, it can be two things. It can be necessary, but still suck, right? Like you don't have to love it. Like follow the rules for the love of God, but like, you know, don't, don't, I guess like it just, it's left so little room for people to experience it differently. Right. Right. And, and people have voiced their frustration in, and I'm not saying like go to an anti-mask rally cause that is not okay. Please don't do that. Um, but you know, don't, don't criticize people who aren't all gung ho about staying home. Right. And, and it's, it's, you know, home is not a safe place for everybody. Let's no, also acknowledge that. And, there are, there are very serious consequences that come with these lockdowns. They are necessary. We need to do this to get our cases under control, but we also have to acknowledge that they are hard on a lot of people. My sister's joked a few times that, um, and not to make light of what you're suggesting, but just on a different sort of level mm -hmm. that, you know, this pandemic, my sister's a lawyer and she's kind of, you know, maybe divorce law for a year or two would be be the way to go. There's going to be money to be made. Oh, she'd be like a real estate agent in 2020, (laughs) man. Exactly. She'd be making bank. And, and, oh, that's another thing I am so grateful for. I just want to acknowledge I don't have kids. (laughs) And I don't have to deal with homeschooling right now. And it's literally just me and my husband and our dogs. And like, we like each other. Right. So that's good. Um, but hallelujah, I don't have to deal with my job and, and, you know, e-learning or whatever it is sure. for kids. Shout out to all the parents out Honestly. there. I know they're struggling yep. big time. For sure. Hang tough. Anyway, just a couple more months, right? That's what we keep telling Just everybody. a couple more months. We <laughs> keep saying We're going to get that. Now that I'm glad everybody tuned in for an escape. Um, <laughs> So uh, no, it's about about that, it is no, no. though. It's it's real. I'm glad and you brought it up it's because worth, it's every now and then it's worth hitting on because yeah. we're all going through this from from a different perspective and and you know it's it's taking a toll on people in different ways. So I don't think Absolutely. it's the worst thing in the world to to just put it out there every now and then. I will tell you um, as we kind of halfway morph towards sports, 
took some blowback on the old women's world championship conversation <gasps> last did week. Did you? And most of or it. Or did I? I did. <laughs> most of it not unreasonable, right? I think in some ways, maybe a couple people missed the point that I was trying to make, this is to circle back almost to your conversation about nuance, right? It has to be, mm-hmm. if this got canceled, then the Nova Scotia government is evil or whatever might be going on. It's absolutely frustrating to see that the, the, the men's under 18s are going ahead right now. They're on TV, yep. you're watching it happen and the women's, um, got canceled. I guess you know, what I would circle back to is if it was up to me, that men's one wouldn't be happening either, but it's not up to me. And so we do live in a world where a men's tournament is going ahead and a women's one is canceled again, not for the first time during this pandemic. And you know, nuance is tough. It's a, but I, I would point out that since the Nova Scotia government called off the tournament, cases have continued to skyrocket there. It's doubled twice since then. Um, you know, I, 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 there was a couple points sent to me that made me think a little bit and go, yeah, all right. But I still think your beef is with the IIHF, not the, the Nova Scotia provincial government. I, the fact that they didn't have a plan B or a plan C is on them. And if Nova Scotia during a pandemic wants to go, yeah, and you know what, things aren't what we were or what we expected them to be when we agreed to host this, we're having trouble right now and we don't want to make it worse. You know, we can argue all day how much these athletes would have actually interacted with the public and and these sorts of things. I just can't get myself, I'm sorry if this is still upsetting some people out there, I can't get myself to a place where I'm annoyed or blaming the Nova Scotia government. And that's just sort of how I've viewed sports all the way through this, right? And I absolutely sympathize with the players and some of them had been preparing, like had taken a month off already off work and their other jobs to prepare. I think that was one of the uh, Americans we're talking about that they'd been centralized for 31 days. And now you're going to ask us to do it again at the end of the summer. Like many of these people have jobs and, and families and kids and stuff. This isn't a drop of the hat situation for them. So I don't think I was, and, and maybe I was, if I was cavalier about it last week, I apologize for that, but I'm not, I just you know, to address it kind of one last time before I give you the the floor here. And if you want to counter or or whatever, I just can't back down from where I'm at as it pertains to the Nova Scotia government. And as it pertains to the IIHF, I think I'm more willing to be swayed or to, I agree. They, there are places in the world doing these things. The fact there wasn't a plan B that's not right because there's been a plan B for the men all the way through. I just can't you know, get to a point where I'm upset with the government in Nova Scotia. They, they made a call for their, their citizens first. They're not playing any sports there. And to let people come from around the world to play a hockey tournament. I get it. I get why they'd say no. And I'm, that's, I'm just sort of stuck there, you know? Yeah, that's fair. And I, I, the, the one thing with the, the Nova, I agree with you that safety comes first for sure. Um, but the one thing I'll say is like the the Nova Scotia government should, you you can't go, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. Okay. never mind. It's not. At the very last, like second. at the last minute, but it did and, happen and fast, right? Like it did, and and I get that they were, but they were saying in the days leading up to yeah. it, like yeah, despite the the cases increasing, we'll still go ahead. Now, there's two two people at fault. One, the Nova Scotia government could have given at least a better heads up. Yep, I think. Yep. Two, 
the IIHF should have had a contingency plan. Yes, totally this agree is, with that. We are a year into the pandemic. For the love of God, have a contingency plan. You do for everything else. Yep. Right? No, I, I do agree with that. Did you see um, on Wednesday night? Probably not. It was during the Leaf game and you were probably in bed by about quarter to eight or Definitely. whatever was going on. Cassie Campbell addressed this on uh, on the Wednesday night uh, during one of the intermissions and they just kind of gave her the floor and let her speak. And I thought she was pretty eloquent. And again, I, I disagreed with her. She was very upset and with the provincial government of Nova Scotia. Um, and she did also say that it was unacceptable for the IIHF not to have a backup plan. But she just said like that she was annoyed that their government, one of the lines that one of the government officials had said um, was, we're not even letting our kids play minor hockey. We're not bringing other people in from around the world to play hockey here. And she said, that's an unfair comparison. We're not bringing parents and, and these sorts of things, right? It was going to be bubbled. There was going to be testing, all these sorts of things. Um, that's a terrible comparison. And so a couple government officials, the, uh, the premier and, um, and the chief medical health officer did respond to Cassie today in a, in a video that we'll share, uh, in our social media feeds, but saying, we don't think it's different. We're asking everybody here to sacrifice our, their sports. This isn't different. We're not bringing other people in to play sports here. And I, I just think as you kind of suggested a few minutes ago, there's nuance here and I'm not mm -hmm. trying to tell anybody I'm correct. And Nova Scotia was completely correct and no lays, you know, has no blame here at all. I just think there's blame to go around, right? There's a lot of masters to try to please. And I thought Cassie was really well-spoken when she addressed it and, and why the players would be frustrated. I, I, you know, was happy to see her address it in such a public forum. You know, it's Leafs Habs on a national game. That's going to be a big audience. And, you know, they stood their ground when, uh, today in response. And, you know, I, I think it's a complicated situation. I think it's hard. I don't blame the players for being pissed off. I hadn't, when I, that was one of the things I hadn't considered when we talked about this last week was the centralized time they'd already done. You and I spoke about the centralizing they were going to be preparing to do for the Olympics and stuff. But these teams, at least in, in the United States, and I assume Canada was similar, they'd been together for a month already away from family, away from jobs, away from all these things to just be like, yeah, sorry, we're out. And, you know, we'll let you know when, and then you can do it all again. I hadn't given that part enough thought. It still doesn't sway where I'm at with Nova Scotia. It does absolutely add to my frustration with the IIHF. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And, and the, the IIHF has some answering to do in my opinion, and they're not going to do it. Shocking. Probably not. Probably not. Um, but speaking of uh, international tournaments mm. and people doing and saying things they maybe shouldn't. Um, let's talk about this quote from the uh, CEO of Athlet Athletics Canada, David Bedford, who said that it is in the national interest of Canada to have all athletes and support staff fully vaccinated so that they can go to the Tokyo 2020, technically 2021 yeah. Olympics. Yeah. Oh boy. Thoughts. <laughs> I've been, why don't you take this one to lead off? Cause I, I feel like I've been rambling for minutes now on the, the no, nope, that's thing. okay. Uh, well, I, here's the thing. I think the same way about this as I have for weeks in terms of athletes getting vaccinated, as long as they are in an age group yep. and a category mm -hmm. who can be vaccinated, then by all means, of course, yeah, get we've vaccinated. discussed the pro athletes thing. One, we don't expect you to go last. 
but we you no, can't, you can't just go you can't go first. When you, yeah, just exactly. You when like, it's your turn to to say that your job is essential. Oof. I love the Olympics, but come on, sure. um, like. <laughs> And this is a touchy subject for me because my husband is an essential worker and he's out at work every day and it stresses me out. I bet. So what with, with essential workers not being vaccinated and then, and, you know, pro athletes in particular in Canada getting vaccinated, like that's a non-starter for me. Right. But we, and we just learned today, like in Ottawa alone or in Ontario, sorry, um, the timeline seems to have sped up a bit and, mm-hmm. and all adults 18 and over could be eligible, will be eligible to be vaccinated by May 24th. Right. May 2-4, so, it's going to be a good weekend, folks. May 2-4. <laughs> um, so, Home for three it, straight days. What's that like? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what are we going to do this long weekend? Right. Um, so, so like, if if they are in an age group that can be vaccinated, then absolutely By get vaccinated and, and be safe. And, and, you know, whether or not the Olympics should happen is a whole other thing. Yeah. And I, like, I feel so uncomfortable with this conversation. But it, absolutely, a- athletes, it is not in our national best interest for athletes to be vaccinated so that they can go and compete in sports. I love the Olympics. Yep. I think sport is so important, but let's not kid ourselves. It is it is in Canada's best interest for the most vulnerable in our society and essential workers. I would include essential workers in the vulnerable population because they have to go out to work. Um those are the people we need to prioritize. It is, it is in everyone's best interest for all of us to get vaccinated as soon as possible, but we have to prioritize the most at risk. Look what it did for the people, you know, 70s, 60, 70 plus. Mm-hmm. We're seeing so few cases in that age group, right? Yeah. We, we need to target vulnerable populations. We did it with long-term care homes. We need to continue doing that. Athletes are not in that category. I'm sorry. Screeds, do me a favor. The, okay. uh, the name of the CEO of Athletics Canada again was what? David Bedford. David Bedford. Let me, just on the off chance that David Bedford is listening right now. <laughs> David Bedford, Hi, David. shut up. You're talking stupid. And here's the thing. It's only in the national interest for Canadian athletes to be vaccinated so that they can go and do something incredibly unsafe and then not bring it back to us. That's why, if at all, this is in the national interest. I want to go do something stupid and I want (laughs) you to make it more safe for me to do that. I don't think the Olympics should be happening. We've covered it a hundred times. It's a freaking Petri dish. Have you looked at what's happening in India right now? Have you looked at what's happening in Tokyo right now? The entire region is in an emergency lockdown as their third wave spirals out of control. Over 70% of people, of citizens of Japan have said, do not come here. We don't want this. And we'll get to to somebody else's comments here. Haley Wickenheiser made her own comments that to me rang pretty goddamn true, but whatever this was ignorant this was offensive this was ridiculous to suggest that any athlete should jump the line so that they can go to the he says in the he calls it a petri dish you wouldn't want to send our athletes to a petri dish unvaccinated don't go (laughs) this isn't mandatory 
this is ridiculous. I think it should be called off. I think the Canadian Olympic Committee did the right thing a year ago when they backed you know, we're the first ones to stand up and go, this is a terrible idea and we're not going to do this. And that started the snowball rolling on getting the whole thing postponed. And we're a year later and it's not fixed. Now you're seeing some other countries vaccinate their athletes ahead of other people. Again, I think that's ridiculous, but you're not doing it. Honestly, you're not doing it to protect those athletes. You're doing it in the hopes that they don't bring this thing back with them to your population, to your own country. That's the only way it's in the national interest. There is another option on the table. Don't create the Petri dish. He talks like, oh, we're being sent off to war and you must protect you. We need helmets and bulletproof vests and what don't go. That's the, and I, I swear I was so riled up. We're going to vaccinate somebody so that they can fly halfway around the world and run for 9.8 seconds or wrestle some guy from Belarus. Like that's essential. We need to do that. I'm sorry. This is ridiculous. You're right. It came out on Thursday, mid to late May, all people over 30 uh, will be, I think it was like May 17th or something like that. People over 30 will become eligible. And a week later, people over 18 will become eligible. Fine. Go get the first shot, whatever that might look like. But everybody else is having to wait four months for their second dose. You're not jumping the line. And I'm, I'm as (laughs) you can tell, I'm fired up over this, that you would even suggest that that's okay. It's in the national interest of Canada. You know what would be in the national interest of Canada? For the Olympics to not happen. That would be in the national interest of a lot of countries. And mm-hmm. I can, my Apple watch is telling me my, uh, my pulse is up a little bit. <laughs> um, but I'm not surprised. No, but you look at these countries that are doing their best around the world. The richest couple in the world are doing a pretty good job of getting everybody vaccinated and this and that. There are other, the overwhelming majority of countries aren't even close to getting everybody vaccinated. The South Koreans have started vaccinating their athletes so that they'll be safe when they go to the Olympics. They have five, 5% of their general public has been vaccinated. And now you're throwing the Olympics to the front of the line. Ridiculous. I don't, you know, I don't know what these other countries are thinking. Some of them are doing it. Some of them aren't, but right here at home, correct me again, David Bedford, David Bedford, idiot, shut up, stupid. You may take this back. I'm done. No, I think that's, that's a great point because it's, (laughs) you're right. I feel like I blacked out there for a little bit. (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) Yeah. I think you're you're absolutely right in that you're you're asking for for special treatment so that you can go do a risky behavior. Yeah. For which you have special treatment to begin with. Right. Right? Like like this is privilege on top of privilege on top of privilege. And I as listen, I love the Olympics oh, so much too. and nothing nothing One would bring me more joy. My supposed to represent Canada this summer. Her and I have had some heated discussions on how this should go. Oh, but I, I bet. And she's no fool. She's absolutely against jumping the line for a vaccination, but as far as whether the games happen or not, yes, we, we have different opinions on that. <laughs> I think she'll be on the show yeah. here pretty Ooh, soon. Yeah. I'll listen to that episode. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, like the, that's the thing. Like the, the the question of whether or not they should be happening is absolutely uh, worth raising, and and that's what Haley Wickenheiser was kind of bringing up in in her mm-hmm. comments about well, you know no one's so asking this question about these to, transitions. To, right, I'm so good. Um, <laughs> they should put me on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I am paraphrasing a little bit here, but she she basically said like no one's asking the question of whether or not this is safe so should we ask the question of whether or not this is safe because right. Tokyo, Tokyo Japan in general is dealing with a, a huge surge in cases right now mm-hmm. um th- you know maybe it's not a great idea to bring thousands of people from across the world to one central place and then send them home Maybe that's not a good idea. I'm I'm just saying, throwing it out there. And 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 Haley was basically saying that, like you know, she she, she was. By the way, she's not just a six time Olympian. She also happens to be an emergency room doctor, yeah. uh, or is training to be one. So I think she's in a residency right yeah, now. Yeah, she'll be finished in a month. She'll be a doctor. Yeah, like like she knows what she's talking. There about. There may be nobody better suited in this country to speak on the intersection of sport and medical, or like and medicine, honestly. Right? Like, like when when Haley Wickenheiser speaks about this, you listen, right? Right, and and her point is, you know, no one's asking the question of whether or not this should be safe. She said, you know, there's no way the Olympics. She, she, prior to the pandemic, she said there's no way the Olympics can go ahead because history told us there is no way they could. Now I'm saying I don't know. I wonder if they can. And like <sighs> you're right, like this is a, um, you know, her point, another point that she made, and, and again, we'll share these articles because they're worth checking out, um, was who's making these decisions? Are the right mm-hmm. people making these decisions? Is it Japan's government and medical staff and scientists? Or is it the IOC who has millions and millions of dollars on the line in TV contracts and promotions and advertising and other investments um, that are already paid for that they will not give up. They will let every single one of us give up the or get the virus before they give up dollar one. The IOC has shown that over and over again. While I love the Olympics, I hate the IOC. It's a disgusting organization. And we need to have a conversation about who's making this decision and for whose benefit. And Haley raised that in in her points, as you said, a a multi-time Olympian, both at the winter and summer games. And now someone with a background in medicine going, uh, I don't know if we should do this, (laughs) right? Like it's, she didn't come out. She didn't claim to be the expert. She didn't come out and say absolutely 100% no. She said, we need to have a serious conversation. We have some questions that need to be answered and they're just not being answered. And so, yeah, I, I wonder, right. And when someone with that kind of clout, she's also, uh, had her name. I'm not sure if she still is probably not, uh, but she was on the athletes commission for the Canadian, uh, for the international Olympic committee. Like this is a big name. And you're, she's not the only one. She's just the biggest one in our country, but around the world, there are people asking these questions like, should we be going ahead with this sort of thing? Is this really necessary? Is this essential? Because I can promise you this, Canada is in like the top 10 or 15 countries as frustrating as it is in terms of pace of vaccination. There's like 180 countries supposed to go to the Olympics. And so the overwhelm, if you think we're going slow, the overwhelming majority of the world is well behind us. It's not going to be 
as secure as they wanted to. Bianca Andrescu, um, Canadian tennis star, she just tested positive after, and this happens, right? She was tested twice before she left home, which is policy uh, for the tour and tested, or sorry, tested negative twice before she left, got on a plane. And when she got off, tested positive. It takes a couple days to incubate. Once this yep. is into the Olympic village, that's it. You're done. You may have flown all the way around the world. One person gets it. That's it. You got to be isolated in your hotel for 10 days. The Olympics are over. I don't know what yep. we're doing, Michaela. I, to me, this is nuts that this is even still on the table. Even as much as, um, as recently as a month ago, I would have said, maybe, maybe we can do this. But again, I was still in my idiot brain that said the spring is going to bring the nice weather and we're all going to be fine. <laughs> right. Didn't work out that way. And again, like India is getting like 500,000 cases a day. That's not under control, right? That's, no. The Japanese are having issues. We are still, ha we are having issues, right? The Americans are vaccinating at quite a pace. They still have a lot of cases a day. This yep. is still a thing around the world. And um, yeah, I loved what Haley said and just pointing out who's making these decisions. Cause it's not the doctors and scientists. It's people with a huge financial stake that are going to make this call. And I can tell you exactly what call they'll make if it comes down to money. Yeah. The IOC is right up there with FIFA in terms oh, of the moral yeah. high ground of the sports world. For sure. Like they, they shouldn't be making decisions that impact people's lives. And yet here we are. Here we are. Speaking of uh, organizations that uh, you definitely should not follow um, on their, their moral level, uh, the NFL draft is tonight. Yes. Just thought I'd bring that up. I, that was I, I, in my head. That transition was so much better. It was perfect. And no, I botched you're it. Killing it. <laughs> killing it. Uh, yeah. The draft is tonight. So by, by the time as we record this, yeah. By the time it airs, most it, it will have happened. So we're not going to talk much about like where we think people will go. But the the fun stuff around the draft and the they got a draft, gift really. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so full disclosure, I'm a New England Patriots fan. So my team's picking 15th tonight, unless they trade up or they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I have really been hoping for the one of those two things to happen. They right. either trade up and get Justin Fields, or they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. Nothing else will do. Okay, those then, are the only two options. Those were the only two options. Yeah. And then Adam oh, okay. Schefter came in and <laughs> gave a third the, option. They, he just gave the whole football world a, a beautiful gift. Yeah. Um, and when he tweeted just about uh, two hours ago, so Thursday afternoon, reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with the Green Bay Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team. League and team sources told ESPN on Thursday. And he followed that up uh, by, by talking about it on NFL live uh, where basically uh, it was, it was kind of written in stone. Aaron Rodgers will not be a green Bay Packer next year. Wow. I hadn't seen that. Okay. That second, but I saw the tweet. I didn't. Okay. So w is he hosting jeopardy? Is that the new thing? He's the new current permanent host. <laughs> I, I do encourage everybody to go and look at that tweet and look at the replies <laughs> um, because the first reply that will come up says his future is in jeopardy. <laughs> like it's that. so good. All right. um, but oh my God, get your popcorn ready. Uh, this is going to be a fun and not just night. Like this is going to go into a couple of weeks. It's oh, very yeah. unlikely Aaron Rodgers is going to get moved tonight. He well, gets I traded five minutes after I say that. <sighs> um, 
but it, you know, this is, this is the kind of move that takes weeks to manifest. But as soon as that happened, I said to myself, Bill Belichick, best be picking up that phone. Yeah. Um, I would hate that a lot. Uh, as you I know suggest, so many people. Yeah, I know for sure. As you suggest, um, it's draft day. This is the biggest day in the NFL offseason in terms of attention, right? Having all your media focused on one thing. All I don't know how it's running this year. Is it going virtual again? Do you know? Uh, it's, it is it is in one live place. It's supposed to be limited. Okay. Uh, but they are in a in a physical arena room situation. But you're talking about, you know, for comparison's sake, like this is an MVP caliber player. And on a day when all of sports media was already going to be focused, lasered in on the NFL, this bomb drops. What is, what is happening there? Cause you're talking about one of the premier franchises in the NFL, one of the most famous logos in the NFL and their star quarterback. how did we get here? What's he so upset about? Uh, th- this has been kind of a long time coming. Like it, and I'll admit, I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan. I know, I know a lot of people love him, but I, I got a little sick of it. You know, that he did this at the end of this past season, but it seems to have happened a few times now. Every time something doesn't go his way, aka they lose in the NFC Championship game, Aaron Rodgers gets a gets his nose in a in a stink, and and basically throws the entire team or his coaches under the bus okay. because every, it, it's their decisions that caused this problem. And of course, like that was that was evident in, in this year's right. Whose decision was it to kick the field goal, for example, (laughs) but there was also a play, I think it was second or third down. I think it was second down, uh, where Rogers had a clear hole into the end zone that Mm -hmm. he could have taken and he elected to pass instead. So he's not absolved of blame here. Right. And, and, and I know this is one singular example, but, but he's, he's been kind of doing this for a couple of years and, and it's, it's long been a narrative that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the supporting cast around him um, that he deserves. I, I think you could make a case for that around the O line. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it definitely seems like he doesn't have a whole lot of protection. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like I think he's had a decent receiving core uh, for a number of seasons, uh, you know, a few notwithstanding, but I, I just think he's obviously there, there, there seems to be some kind of disconnect between what he wants and yeah. what they're willing to do. And then of course, um, green Bay drafted Jordan love, I believe last year, who's a quarterback mm-hmm. and everyone was like, Whoa, yeah, what are they doing? Yeah. Um, I believe that was in the first round if I'm not mistaken, but don't quote me on that. So it, it seems like it's been little thing after little thing that, that the writing has kind of been slowly forming on the wall and now it's evidently there. You want it to be the Patriots. Yep. Who makes sense? Who who might be looking to make a big move like this? Where could you see him possibly landing? Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I've heard Denver being thrown around. Okay. And and we all know <laughs> they they were like without a quarterback for an entire game uh this past yes. year. <laughs> Then again, they were they were uh, without most of their team been, yeah. in that situation. Sure. Um, but I, I I heard Denver kind of in passing um, get thrown around. So who knows? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Honestly, like th- this is this is the year of the movement of quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, now I'm, I'm just kind of like I, it, Denver was thrown around. Kind of like th- thinking out loud here. Mm-hmm. Denver was thrown around in the coverage. I was 
seeing, but they just traded for Teddy Bridgewater. I, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is not. Yeah, you'd punt Aaron that Rogers. guy right back over so the board good, if you had a good luck. Yeah. And, and a lot of people thought Drew Locke was going to be the guy. So I, I don't know how much truth there is to that. But this is the year, like, like between Deshaun Watson, um, potentially. Um, my name, the name has just completely <laughs> left my brain. Okay. Seattle quarterback. Uh, Russell oh, Wilson, yeah, God, yeah. Um, th- th- you know, there's rumors that he's uh, kind of unhappy. Then, then he ended up, I think he ended up signing. But um, like, there's, th- there's been a lot of narrative coming into this year that uh, th- there's, there's like 14 quarterbacks who are unsigned or something Jeez. like that. So there's going to be, I'm going to use a trademark term that every football fan hates. There's going to be a little bit of a quarterback carousel Ooh. this season. So honestly, like all that is to say, he could go frigging anywhere. That being said, there's like. So many quarterbacks in the in the in the potentially going in like the top ten, let alone the first round. Right. So that's going to change the picture. Tonight's going to be a really big night. Like I, I, I'm saying all this, it's probably going to be dated by tomorrow. Like so much, I think so much is going to happen tonight, just with the fact that the, the the whoever drafts quarterbacks in the first round in particular, right? Like that's going to change the quarterback sure, landscape. Yeah. How much will this change? What certain teams? who were maybe thinking of drafting a quarterback do mm-hmm. right. Like I imagine they want to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Right. So <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. This is going to be really interesting. Sorry. You caught me on a beer sip there. Yeah. No, nice. I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm fascinated by how this is going to play out by the time this show is posted. Most of it will be in the books. So, you know, we won't, um, hammer too much on who might draft who tonight and, and what that'll look like. But yeah, I just think, Man, you're talking about, and, and for those of you who don't follow the NFL, you're talking about, you know, in hockey terms, like an Ovechkin type, right? Like you're talking about one of the kind of top five, top 10 at worst players still in the NFL has just said, yeah, I'm out. I, I want to go somewhere else and on draft day. So it's got, uh, it's got everybody's, uh, Everybody's attention, as it should, because oh, yeah. he's a. This is a premier player in a premier franchise on a premier day. Uh, everybody's looking, and man, I, I was blown away to see. Because to me, that guy, he's been the guy in Green Bay. Like I can remember him being groomed when Favre was still there, right? Like he was the heir apparent, and the main reason that Favre did his hop around to the, and where do you go? The Jets and the Vikings and some oh, crazy fun. shit towards you in his three retirements or whatever was all cause green Bay was ready to go with Rogers and, uh, he's been there a while, but he's still got a ton to, to contribute. So this is going to be fascinating to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. He was the reigning MVP. Yeah. Like, like he, like he won the MVP well, this, this year. He's right? still got game. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm so I, this is one of the best, one of the best parts of the off season. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> All right. Can't wait to see him in a Patriots uniform. Okay. That's going to upset me a lot. I know it's going to upset a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I love it. And I'm anyway. just on the verge of being upset by a lot of things. Like I got like 11 of 15. This could be the straw that just completely breaks the camel's back. I know. And, and I got like off. 11 of 15 <laughs> Leafs games that are against the Habs. Like I'm going to be ready to just smash that jersey into a million pieces by the end of it. There's a lot going on right now. The Jays are, Ryu just went on the IL and Springer's sort of back. Like my sports world is just in shambles. I do not need to see. Um, I do not need to see Rodgers end up with the New England Patriots. 
I really don't want to ruin your day, but I feel like I just saw something about uh, oh. Nate Pearson being reinstated on the aisle as well. Ah. Sorry. And then now I'm trying to find that tweet because I literally just saw it in passing and I feel like I may have ruined your day um, inappropriately. Uh, but let's just, you, you're you going to vamp for a minute rant, when I find right? it. Like the day has been ruined for a bit. I'm upset about a lot of things. What's one more? Throw our uh, all-star, well, all-star, top end best oh, prospect pitcher. Is he coming it's off the, the IL? Yeah. It's, it's the opposite. I got it wrong. I was I could not have been more wrong. Uh, according to Caitlin McGrath, <laughs> yep. the Blue Jays reinstate Nate Pearson off Gorgeous. the IL and option him uh, to the alternate alternate yeah, site. Get him He'll travel start. with the Buffalo Bisons. Yeah, I think they're going to try and get him one more start and then uh, and then circle him back around, which is good because Ryu just hit the uh, IL. Uh, that's not great. No. And at least like George Springer finally made his debut. Yeah. I mean, Vladdy's been hitting some dingers. He's so, on fire. They demoted Tellez because it essentially they've said Springer's going to DH for a while. So I'm sort of like, was he healthy or isn't he? Right? Like, yeah. that makes it might me just wonder. be a con- like a con- conditioning thing, a game ready conditioning thing. Like he's probably healthy. It's just the guy hasn't played meaningful baseball. I wonder with him and with um, and T. Oscar, you know, getting hurt. A Springer never started the season. T. Oscar only got like couple of games before he had the COVID thing this early in the year, you're still kind of ramping back up again, right? You're almost doing your spring thing all over again, um, this early on and and trying to get yourself ready and and caught back up. Uh, I wonder how long it's going to take those guys to, uh, to get going, but good to see Springer back. And it looks like T Oscar will also be back within the next couple of days. So that'll be awesome. And yeah, let's get Pearson going too, because we're going to need him. Good thing. Each MLB season is eight years long. (laughs) Well, Lots of time to figure this there out. There is that, yeah. <laughs> We're like 23 <laughs> games in, and it seems like we've been playing for, well, 23 days, I guess. 20, well, that's the thing. There's there's literally a game every day. <laughs> yep. Like, I know the baseball schedule is normally like this, but I feel like it's been, to use an appropriate metaphor, on steroids. <laughs> yes. Fast. No, oh it's my true. God. Yeah, especially that first kind of 16, like right after opening day, they played like 17 days in a row or something. You're like, Jesus Christ. Jesus H. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I love baseball, but I can't, like I'm, I'm never going to be someone who sits down to watch every game. I just don't have the time. Like I got a life. Well, you're about right? to. Like the Sens will be out and you'll be having oh, plenty that's true. of time. That's what, see, that's when I watch There's still baseball. still hockey going on. It's weird. Middle of the summer. Yeah. Hockey's going to run into mid-July. I have to say though, Obviously, I want my team to make the playoffs every mm, year. Sure, but I love the playoffs when my team isn't in it. Yeah, because there's no stress. I just get to watch exciting hockey every night. Meanwhile, I'm stockpiling blood pressure medication. Oh, it's it's going to be so much fun for the next few weeks on this show. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I my, live with uh, a Leafs fan. If you thought my he's neurotic Dave as hell. Bedford rant was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> This is going to be a special couple of weeks. Yep. You, you mark my words. Better be more than a couple of weeks or I'll be really upset. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Oh, yes. Let's do this. All right. <laughs> I think we've uh, I think we've <laughs> essentially dropped the mood of this show. Seriously. Sorry, everybody. Well. Hey, you know what? This is what it's for. It's yep. a place to rant. Absolutely. Have a few beers. Let it out. Uh, it's called therapy, <laughs> Matt. Um, yeah, I think this was a good show. I, I, I feel too. like we, we, covered a lot we did of ground a lot of here. good things here. Well, yeah, yeah. we did a lot of things here. We let, did a lot of things We'll let the here. listener decide if they were good or not. Uh, you had had the Black Dog beer before, right? Yeah, I'm enjoying yeah. this. Black Dog. Um, Black Dog. 
Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's kind of dry, which I kind of like now and then, as long as they don't go overboard with it. And, you know, as you know, and we've been talking for the last few months, I've been trying a lot of crazy stouts, right? With all kinds of weird side flavors to them and stuff. And this is just like a nice standard dry Irish stout. Yeah, it's nice. Really enjoying this one. Yeah, Crooked Miles got some good stuff. I like their Black Dog. Like I said, I'm, I'm new to dog. the stout game. Yeah. Black Dog. <laughs> um, but I, I like dry stouts and I like any, as close as get to Guinness as I can get, uh, I will always enjoy. Yeah. 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 I found Black Dog to be very similar to, to Guinness. Um, that's why I like the, the milk stouts I often can't do. Sure. Because they're a little too like, it's like I'm sipping hot chocolate. Yeah. Excuse me. Cold hot chocolate. <laughs> cold hot. Which some may call chocolate milk. Oh, Those yeah. people would be wrong. <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> we've gotten to a weird place. Yeah. I think we should wrap it up. Um, I can, just as, as we I get choke out of my here. Own air. Yeah, no, I, I went down to, um, and we've, I think we've talked about it before. I went to the, uh, the Winter Classic in Detroit when the Leafs were there in 20, New Year's Day 2014. And before that, a day or two before, there was a, an outdoor alumni game or something at uh, Comerica Park right in downtown. So went and watched that and, um, walked up to one of the stands and, uh, they were selling hot chocolate and the woman said, um, loaded or unloaded, right? And she had the rum bottle beside it. I said, loaded. She said, one shot or two. And I said, just give me whatever you can give me. Just tipped the bottle up and let it run. I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) Like just straight upside. She hands it to me. I paid her. She's like, good luck to you. (laughs) And how did it go? It was, well, from what I remember, <laughs> it was pretty good, but I'd never seen that before. No measuring device, no nothing. Just tipped her up and let you have it. So good honor. It was a good time. That, that, that'll that warm me up. For sure. That was uh, cold hot chocolate. Cold hot chocolate. All right. Yeah. Let's wrap it up there. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Tall Can Audio. You can find me on Twitter at Strides, S-C-H-R-E-I-D-S. You can also find my craft beer musings at crafted the capital on instagram we will see you next time on talk and audio black dog did you see that yep there's an hour you're never getting back i just want to say from the bottom of my heart i'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody the double champ does what the f- he wants uh, okay i'm gonna call that a wrap You can find tons more TCA at tallcanaudio.com. But um, but.